Hey everyone, this is at New York iDoc, aka Dr. Raymondi, aka Dr. Damaris. I'm an optometrist and welcome to my show. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and let's get to today's guest. She graduated from Georgia State University with a bachelor's in psychology. She completed a master's in health science at Nova Southeastern. And she went on to be a part of the class of 2018 and received her Doctor of Optometry degree from Nova. She has been featured in VoyageATL.com and she is currently an optometrist at My Eye Doctor. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Candace Moore. Yay! Hi, welcome to the so show. Much. Thank you, Dr. Raymondi. I'm glad to be here. Yes, this is great. So for those of you that don't know, Dr. Candace Moore is on Instagram and you can find her at dr.cse.more, M-O-O-R-E. And yes, welcome. How's everything going today? Uh, everything is going well. Of course, you know, in these present times, um, things are a lot different. So I'm currently working from home, um, taking calls from patients, looking up prescriptions, and of course, occasionally going to the office if there's any type of ocular emergencies or things of that nature. How are things on your end? They're okay, too. We definitely have to acknowledge the fact that things are super different. When I first contacted you to do this podcast, I don't... I think I was, we were like all gearing up for Vision Expo. And then, wow. yeah, I mean, you know, just going in, same thing, doing telemedicine. Uh, we haven't really been seeing any emergency patients, though, like that because of the severity of things here. Yeah. It's just like a complete stop to that in a way. But anyways, you know, things will once again return to how they were. But in the meantime, I think this is a great time for us to get to know inspiring women like yourself. So let's learn a little more about you. Where did you grow up? So I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. More specifically, I grew up in Lithonia, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta. I grew up with Ghanaian parents, which is in West Africa. They're West African immigrants that came over. So yeah, I grew up there. I got my diploma from Stevenson High School, then of course went on to Georgia State, and then wanted to have a more, I guess, education in higher education. I proceeded to move to Florida, and I lived there for about eight years, pursuing my master's degree as well as my um, optometry degree. You had to figure out a lot of stuff on your own, like being a first-generation student, but I guess going back to Georgia State times, when you wanted to start school there, how was that like? How did you know you wanted to pursue that? Was there a family member or a friend? No. So I am actually the first doctor in my family. So when I decided to go to Georgia State, of course, you know, in most foreign cultures, you know, they want their kids to be a doctor, lawyer, things mm -hmm. of that nature. So I knew I wanted to be a doctor, but I just didn't okay. know which type um, or which field I really wanted to gear myself towards. So I always did have sort of an um, interest in psychology. So I did pursue a major in psychology. But being that my ultimate goal was to pursue a field in medicine, I also included the pre-medicine track. So going through that, you know, I had many ups and downs as far as my science college courses. So 
even with that, you know, retaking classes, um, you know, just trying to figure things out on my own. I didn't give up. So I kept going. With that being said, once I went through the course, you know, I had to lean on a lot of guidance from like my guidance counselor, being that I didn't have a doctor in my family. I reached out to, you know, different offices, try to shadow there just to decide what I wanted to do. After that, you had a lot of experience in the medical field. So you completed the pre-med track and tell us about uh, your different experiences in the emergency room. Yeah. So after graduation, I decided to work in an ER emergency department for registration, which pretty much consisted of like getting insurances, registering patients when they came in. Um, so I saw a variety of things. Oftentimes, I was the first person that the patient would see because, of course, we have to get your information, insurance and everything and put it into the system. So I saw things that varied from, you know, minor things like colds, flus to trauma accidents to car accidents. I kind of got firsthand experience as far as dealing with patients. During that time, I worked in the ER for maybe about three years. And during that time, I was taking post-bac classes in order to redeem some of the classes that I didn't do so well in um, in undergrad. So I had a full schedule, <laughs> working full-time in the ER and then getting off, then having to go to the local community college just to study for my post-bac classes so that I could become a better candidate for a doctoral program. So yeah, that was helpful in itself because, you know, I was able to, you know, talk to doctors, ask them whether or not if they would pursue this as far as like medicine again. And of course they said they would, it was a lot of schooling. So originally I did want to do emergency medicine, but then, you know, as I got through life, I decided to ultimately pursue optometry. That's a really busy schedule, but if you have such a laser focused goal, like it seems that you had early on, then it just makes kind of the decision simple, right? And it just is a matter of prioritizing and seeing what's going to ultimately get you to that goal. But how did you hear about optometry? After I finished my post-bac classes, I did, of course, try to apply to medical school. I did the MCAT and then I kept getting rejection letters. And so I reached out to someone on the committee from a school. I don't remember what school it was exactly. And they um, suggested that I should do like a master's program to help build up my application or to make me a stronger candidate. So that's what led me into pursuing my master in health sciences at Nova Southeastern University. So that program was about two years. And then once I was coming to the end of that, it was time for me to decide whether or not if I just wanted to just go ahead and go back into the, the job field or if I actually wanted to pursue my ultimate goal of becoming a doctor. So then I went back again, shadowed different um, areas of medicine. And then someone brought up to me, why don't I try optometry? So being that at NOVA, there's different types of disciplines uh, within the university. One of the admissions staff said, you know, call out to different optometrists to see if you can shadow them to see, you know, if this is something that you're interested in. So it took me a while to find someone who will finally let me come in and shadow. 
And it was the summer before I applied to optometry school the year prior. And I just fell in love with the profession. The doctors were really nice. The staff was great. And then what intrigued me was like the equipment, like different equipment um, to pretty much assess the eye. I didn't know it it, it involved so much. So Mm. with that being said, I decided to pursue optometry and haven't looked back since. So I'm grateful for that. Thank you for sharing that with us. And for our younger listeners, I want to highlight two important things that Dr. Moore did and that I did myself. We reached out to people on the admissions committees at the schools. They're all willing to help and they want to help, but they don't know if you don't email them, if you don't message them. And right now is the time where most of us have more free time to check that inbox. So definitely reach out an email. I think I emailed uh, the chief of clinic, Dr. Pace, and I didn't really realize that she didn't really do that. Like she didn't necessarily talk to undergrad students, but she did with me. And I'm sure the same thing happened with you. And same goes for shadowing. You know, you have to really hit the pavement. I certainly did. It also took me a long time to find someone to shadow and you just have to keep trying and right now is the time to try and to set up set up everything right exactly exactly um and most people are willing to help but of course you just have to put yourself out there um and actually get that done so yeah definitely yes putting yourself out there and so you since you've had a lot of experience i read your interview in voyageatl.com and then you mentioned that you basically were a non-traditional optometry student and I don't think that there's that much resources out there for non-traditional meaning just somebody who didn't go like straight out of undergrad but for those who are pursuing that route let's create a resource here other than you know your perseverance what other like words of advice would you give somebody Yeah, so with me, of course, being a non-traditional student, so pretty much when I did apply for optometry school, being that I was, you know, outside of undergrad for so many years, they pretty much wanted to see if I could handle the intense workload. Of course, the master's definitely helped me get into the program, but they wanted me to do like a one-year challenge program for non-traditional students. I actually started optometry school when I was 27. So yes, quite a bit of time. It was a great learning experience. The pre-optometry program at Nova Southeastern University allowed me to see, you know, what I was getting myself into pretty much. With the pre-optometry program at Nova, pretty much you take some classes with the first-year optometry students um, and then as well as some other undergrad um, classes like speech and optics, like the college level of optics. Um, And one great thing is if you get a 90 or higher, once you get into the full course of optometry school, you don't have to take it over again. So that's a plus. So, yeah, creating that outlet for non-traditional students, you know, I didn't have a lot of um, information or someone that I can talk to, but I'm glad that I went through the process because it made me appreciate how much, you know, work that we we deal with as far as optometrists. So it was something that's different from when you're learning in undergrad, you're learning for the class, just to pass the class and that's it. But with optometry school, you actually are learning for your career, which, which makes it great. 
that's what's beautiful about having a program, right? You do have to do the didactic stuff at first, but at the end, it's what you're going to be doing for life. And I'm curious now, do you remember how many students were on that track with you? Um, so it's been quite a while, but um, I, I believe it was about 15 of us, probably 12, well, maybe not even that, that many, uh, probably 12 to 15. Um, of course, you know, one thing about the pre-optometry program, of course, it's an intense, like, challenge year. So not everyone made it into the uh, four-year program. However, um, it's kind of like um, showing to see if you really want to be in the program um, and then also give you a glimpse of how much work you have to put in. Um, a plus to being in the pre-optometry program, if you maintained an A or above in the class, I think we had to take like microbiology, ocular anatomy, um, things of that nature, you don't have to take it again in your first year. So that's that's really a plus. Um, if you fell short, no biggie, you just take it over again. But at least you've been through the class to where you know what to expect. So then by the time you're done in your first year, you probably would have aced the class. And then it also gives you a more understanding, even if you had to repeat it again. Um, so it's just a great outlet for non-traditional students you've been out of school for a while or you know took the non-traditional route of working before you decided to pursue a doctoral degree um, it's a great program for that yeah and that's wonderful that you were exposed to nova because that's the way that you were able to kind of see the different fields of medicine that there are and that there was this resource for you if you could go back in time right now what would you tell your younger optometry school self so you will fail in some areas. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it's not a walk in the park. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. But even with those times that I did fail, I'm glad I never gave up on myself. And then even just putting that pride aside, if you're not understanding something um, or you're just not grasping a concept, it's important to get help early. Asking your professors, going in for their office hours, um, joining study groups. I didn't do that as an undergrad. Um, I usually, or even with my master's, I pretty much studied by myself. But having those study groups in the classes that I was struggling in, if another um, classmate had a better understanding, just hearing it in a different perspective from your peer rather than the professor also helps. Everything will get easier with practice. Um, I know the anxiety and the pressure of like clinicals and things of that nature, um, but practicing day in and day out, you know, learning the different techniques, um, BIO, uh, refraction. Now I can do it in my sleep, but, you know, <laughs> going through that at, at the time, it felt daunting. Practice, practice, practice. You will fail in some areas, but it is important to get up um, and to keep going. Um, it's not going to be the end of the world. You will get through it. And just knowing what I know now from when I was an optometry student is reassuring um, because there's people who have been in, your sa in the same position, but they um, persevered and prevailed and are doing well. It's absolutely not for the faint of heart. That's true. With the volume of work that you have to do, there's such a new focus on truly understanding everything and 
you're absolutely correct with asking for help. I didn't do that early on. I kind of did it midway first year. So that's something that I wish I did different. And it's so easy to say, right? But if you don't really know someone else who went through the same thing, it's right. kind of hard and the cycle repeats itself. So that's oh, one of the, my oh. purposes for having this podcast and being on Instagram. I'm sure yours is as well to be that information source to just show other people that there's so many different experiences and if right. someone can like re it resonates with someone then yeah that's that's a beautiful thing what we do is very important you know we actually can save a person's life because we see so many systemic things whether it's from diabetes hypertension um even to cancer you know a lot of people when they come to see us we're usually sometimes the first doctor that they've ever seen. And mm -hmm. if we can pick up things systemically, we can save a life. So that's also a plus as well. You know, our career is very rewarding in that nature. Yes, 100%. That is so true. It's we're often the only physician that someone sees it in the throughout the course of a year or many years, in right. fact. So it's up to us <laughs> to really be able to do that for our patients and so yeah once you graduated I did get to see your beautiful graduation photos so lovely with the hood and everything but <laughs> then starts you. reality right right so what was your job search like actually mine is kind of different I did get pregnant yes yeah <laughs> my, my fourth year so my husband and I were expecting our our first child um during my fourth year going through boards and everything and the job search was kind of um, put on hold for me in my case. Um, so essentially, once I graduated from optometry school, I actually took six months off um, to stay at home with my son. But within that six months, I believe maybe three months prior before starting to work, um, that's when I did my job search. With that being said, I really didn't have to look for a job, to be honest. That's a plus about uh, being an optometrist. It, it, we're always going to be needed. So I had a lot of job offers without me really, you know, trying to pursue a job search. Um, so once I did go to work full time, I did a lot of fill-ins at uh, different private practices. So I stayed in Florida um, prior to coming back to Georgia. So when I did come back to Georgia, I did fill-ins at private practices um, before starting full-time with America's Best at National Vision. So I did that for about a year. And then after a year, I got a great opportunity with my eye doctor and I've been there um, ever since. And I'm loving it. I love what I do. I love, you know, treating patients. Um, it's a great field. That's another great tip for our listeners, too. Jobs will be lined up for us. So in terms of interviews or when we're interviewing right for a position, we should also be interviewing our employer and kind of that's more of the role that we're playing in a sense. And we have to find if we're a good fit, if we feel comfortable there and what what like I would look like versus what you would look for in a job is completely different and you have to be comfortable because you're going to be there for for a while right right and what is it like having a family and work I have a husband so I'm already like overwhelmed but, <laughs> but what is that like I'm just kidding he's great but, but you know with a baby that's do you feel like it's a balance or not really like it's just not really I you know yeah 
I have a toddler. He's two. So I, I just, I, I take it a day at a time. When I'm done with my patients, it's like, okay, I'm going off to my second job. So it's, it's like, I'm never off, but I love what I do. So I just, you know, pretty much take it a day at a time. Um, but one thing that's great about optometry, while it's challenging, you know, the rewards are great. It still allows me to have family time. So I leave work at work. So by the time I get home, you know, I have that full attention for my family, spending that family time. So I did choose, that was one of the reasons that I also chose optometry too, because it created um, a great work-life balance, especially for women, um, to where you can, you know, have a great job and then still be able to come home and, you know, spend time with your family. So it's great in that regard too. Yes, optometry gives us so many options we can do. We can make of it what we would like. But let's talk about what life is like right now. Do you have like any worries or any dreams for the future? Because now we're just now we're really navigating things like an hour at a time with uh, news of COVID and whatnot. But yes, so I feel even with COVID, there's going to be a lot of changes, even uh, with us being at home. Um, and doing telemedicine is, is a lot different from what we're used to or what I'm used to. Um, so I think that we have to adapt to the times as far as telemedicine and how that goes. Of course, you know, I love being in the office. I love having that one-on-one time uh, with our patients. Um, but, you know, only time will tell now because things will be a lot different different um, by the time we get back into our offices and start to see our patients. Um, so it's definitely going to be a new normal, you know, I'm up for the, the challenge. Um, but you know, the greater purpose of all of this is making sure that we help our patients, you know, in all of their needs, as far as their visual health. Yeah, it's such a big change. And I don't think any of us expected telemedicine to really come forward so quickly and so rapidly but I think all of us have like you said risen to the challenge and we're trying to see how we can incorporate this and I think it would be a great asset in in our field too exactly exactly thank you so much for sharing a lot of your story with us and I'd like to ask you if you'd like to share some words of wisdom for the students that are listening now and let's make it more specific let's uh if you could share with us words of wisdom for underrepresented students who are trying to get into the medical field. It is important to have a lot of minorities into the medical field, whether it be optometry or um, a different form of um, specialty, um, because it helps to end the disparities that most minorities experience in our in today's society. So with all of my students who are out there now, don't give up. You know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Things will get hard, but you just have to keep pushing through, never give up on yourself. Um, And then going back to one of the questions earlier that you um, mentioned, if you are struggling in the area, feel free to reach out to your professors, to an old doctor that you would probably have shadowed, your peers. You will definitely make it through. Just never give up. 
That's beautiful. I always say the same thing. There is a big light at the end of the tunnel, and that's what makes it a little bit easier to go through all, all the struggle of studying and all that. Right, right, right. It'll feel like you're in the library forever, but <laughs> that's true. That too shall pass. Um. <laughs> it definitely does, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. It'll be all worth it. It's such a uh, rewarding career that you know, you'll definitely make it. Where can our listeners find you at if they have any questions? Yes. So um, my email is Dr. C. Moore, O-D, and that's D-R-S-E-E-M-O-O-R-E-O-D at gmail.com. Um, or feel free to shoot me a DM on my Instagram, Dr. Seymour, Dr. S-E-E dot M-O-O-R-E and whatever questions that you may have, I'm an open book. So yeah, easy to talk to. I love the play on words. Is it a play on words? It is. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I was like instant follow when I saw that. Yeah, some people was like, oh, that's so neat. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's actually one of my professors from Nova actually came up with that name when she saw that I got married. And she was like, Mm -hmm. oh, now you're going to be Dr. Seymour. And then she put um, C in uh, quotation marks. And I was like, oh, how cool is that? So I've ran with it ever since. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's cute. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And Don't forget, everybody, please leave me a rating and review if you enjoyed this. And we're going to sign off now, wishing everyone the best for themselves and their families. And yeah, say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.